The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Life is a battle. You don't need to spend long on earth to discover that life is a battle. From birth, the baby had to break through. It comes to a strange world. The first thing that comes out of the baby's mouth is a cry. Yay! And the battle never finishes. The last victory or defeat will be with death. That's the last battle. For those of us that are saved, it will be a victory. In fact, it's a victory already. Praise the name of the Lord. Because death, where is your sting? But until that last battle, Aluta continua, as they say. The battle continues. The, the struggle continues. So, and, and like any military Commander, spectacular success depends on your ability to think and act strategically. For you to have victory in all the areas of your life, you are the general of your life. You call the shots. And for the victory to be effected, you must understand that your ability to think and act strategically is indispensable. You know, last year we looked at the goals card. And in the goals card, we highlighted eight areas of life that you should have an objective for. You should have a plan for. And therefore, you should be victorious in. We talked about spiritual life, right? Then we talked about your relationships. We talked about your health. We talked about, help me here, finances. Then we talked about, what? Physical goals, material goals. We talked about leisure goals. We talked about emotional goals. We talked about personal development goals. And in all these areas, God wants you to have victory. But victory is not haphazard. It does not happen haphazardly. In fact, if you gain victory and you don't know how, it will just be a flash in the pan. It will just be luck. But if you understand the principles of war and you are placed in a location, you will gain victory. 
If you are placed in another location, guess what's going to happen? You will gain victory because the first one was not by chance. The first one was by deliberate action, strategic thinking, spiritual effort, unprecedented favor. And throughout history, you know, I'm a student of military campaigns and warfare in history. I do some reading on different wars <laughs> that has taken place. The study of great military campaigns has revealed universal principles crucial for every battlefield victory. The study of historical wars have shown universal principles. The Russians use it. The Chinese use it. The Americans use it. The British use it. And the Jews use it. In fact, as you will discover that these principles are rooted in the Bible. They, they actually not stole, learnt it from the Bible. And, and there, are, there are 12 of them. There are more than 12, but there are 12 that are like the, the foundation of all military strategy and principles. And we've, we've listed them up here, even though my, my colleagues have, in their wisdom, removed three of them. We have the principle of concerted effort. The principle of exploitation. Ah, I'm really excited about this series. The principle of simplicity. The principle of security. The principle of economy. The principle of maneuver. The principle of the offensive. And the principle of the objective, which we are looking at today. We are starting with the principle of the objective. Next week, we look, not next, well, next, part two, we look at the principle of the offensive. The principle of mass. They've deleted the principle of surprise. They've deleted the principle of unified command. They've also deleted the principle of intelligence. Praise the name of Allah. There are, not, there are 12 of them. And as you, I don't care whether you are a business person, an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, a freelancer, um, a professional, a stay-at-home mom, a, these principles will save your life. Praise the name of Allah. In fact, these principles will give you victory as you deploy them in the mighty name of Jesus. So, like I said, today we are zooming in on the principle of the objective. The principle of the objective. Every war is propagated by an objective. It's always an objective. Unfortunately, 
not many people engage with an objective. A lot of people engage just hoping that it will turn out well. It go better. But we see in scripture that's not how God deals. That's not how God deals. God always, always starts with the end in mind. He always starts with an objective. Before he made man, he, says, he said, let us make man in our image. After our likeness, he did the design. Before he began to form man. Proverbs 29.18 The King James Version of Proverbs 29.18 the popular scripture, we, we should know it. It says, where there is no objective, when there is no vision, the people perish. This year, you will not perish. In every area of your life, you will not perish. This year, you will have victory. In every area of your life, you will have victory. The first principle of war is the principle of the objective. What is the vision? What is the objective? Without a vision, the people perish. I've said this time and time again that he that has no plan will always, always succumb to he that has a plan. He that has no plan will always succumb to his that has a plan. Always. Always. And you see, even just that, you can take it across board. Across board. In a marriage, for instance, the man has no plan for his wife. The wife has no plan for the husband. The wife has no plan to keep the husband happy. A little choo-choo outside has a plan to keep your husband happy. Guess who will win? Uh, Pastor, don't prophesy evil. Okay. Okay. See, that's the problem with Christians. We don't like the truth. He that has a plan will always prevail. What's your plan? To keep your, your wife loved, super loved. What's the plan? That's not really where I'm going anyway, but since I'm there, what's your plan? To keep your husband extremely happy. What's your plan to make him feel like a king in his house and make him totally satisfied in all areas? What is your plan? Guess what? You don't have a plan. Somebody else has a plan. And he that has a plan will always prevail. President of Allah. You know, like I said, I mean, I'm going to be sharing a lot of historical warfare, I'm going to be tying them to scripture. About 
331 BC, there was a king called Darius, Darius III. He was in charge of Persia. And there was a young Macedonian general. You may have heard of Alexander the Great, right? Alexander the Great was just 25 years old. And he conquered territories. Maybe sometime I'll show you the region, the whole region he conquered. And guess what? You know, God, God can have a sense of humor that he conquered everywhere. He got to China, no, to India, and died, I think on his way back, he was going to go back and died of malaria. Ordinary mosquito. <laughs> I fear God, though. President of the Lord. <laughs> anyway, back to the story. So, so Dairos was the king of Persia. Dairos had 200,000 infantry, cavalry lined up. Alexandra had 50,000 soldiers. Alexandra had a plan. Alexander the Great has a plan. Darius' plan is, we are a lot. Let us attack them. We will win them. But Alexander has a plan. Yeah, it's too smart. He made some of these men, he allowed Darius to capture some of his men. And he allowed Darius to torture the men until they began to confess. And they were confessing wrong intel. So they gave him, they told him he was coming in the night. So Darius set up his whole army ready for battle all night long. They didn't sleep. Alexander allowed the soldiers to have a good night's sleep. We were just sending a few of them to be shooting arrows, you know, and just to like prep up the enemy's array. So by the time they got up in the morning, they were tired. They were sharp. That's one. Number two, his plan is always not to hide his identity. So you will always see Alexandra dressing in shining armor, his black horse, his helmet with all the jewels. So everyone in his camp and everyone in the enemy's camp knew that was him. He had one objective. Only one. It's 50,000 men. Their one objective were to attack the flanks, create space in the center. He goes straight, kills the king of the opposing side. He knows once he kills the king of the opposing side, he gets him to run. That's the end. It sounds simple to us, right? But it's a plan. So Darius was attacking, was fighting, da 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 Alexander implemented his, his, his plan. The flank opened up. He rode straight through. Struck Darius. 200,000 soldiers fled. The Persians had 90,000 people that were dead. Alexander had only 50 people that were dead. 
What was the difference? One had a plan. One had an objective. One was us rough it out. Anything that happens, we'll fight. Don't live your life to chance. What is the objective? Praise the Lord. Are you with me so far? Another story in the book of Joshua chapter 6 is the story of the children of Israel. God had given them a clear objective to take Jericho. Please read that story when you get home. Joshua 6. God said, you will surround the city once on one day. You will do it that seven days. Once for seven days. On the seventh day, seven priests in front, the ark, the trumpeters, the people, you will surround it seven times on the seventh day, blast the, 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 the uh, trumpet. Once the people hear the blast, let them shout. Once they shout, heaven will hear. The angels will be released and the worlds will come down. Clear objective. Guess what Jericho did? As big as Jericho was, as fortified as they was, they were advanced in military warfare. They chose to sit back and defend. Don't look. Sit down and watch. You go better. You know, Nigerians, we have the ego better attitude. Their walls were as thick as, I can't remember the, 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 the dimensions, but it was just really thick. They built houses on the wall. The wall, imagine a wall that can have houses on it. Children of Israel were walking around. They had an objective. What were the people of um, Jericho doing? Are these people crazy? What are they doing? You know? The second day they walked around, they did nothing. You know, sometimes when you have an objective, you look like a fool. <laughs> you look like a fool. It's okay to look like a fool. At the end of the day, we will know who is the fool. Third day, fourth day, fifth day, the king of Jericho might have sent people to check. What are they doing? Are they trying to look for holes in the wall? Please give me some champagne. On the seventh day, seven times, they gave a blast. The wall crashed. And they charged the city. And they took a city greater than them. That's the power of having an objective. And it is so, so indispensable. So, what is the principle 
of the objective. That's, I've described what an objective is. What is the principle of objective? So in, in military strategy, the principle of the objective states thus. Simple. Direct all efforts. How much effort? Direct all efforts towards a clearly defined, decisive, and attainable objective. You have an objective, it's clearly defined, it's decisive, it's attainable. What should you do? Direct all effort. So what does victory look like? What is the objective? When you look at your business, what, is, what does victory look like? What is the objective? Direct all efforts. All efforts in that direction. Look at your, your business. What does victory look like? Look at your relationship with your spouse. What does victory look like? Direct all efforts. How much effort? All efforts. So, and there are three key things that we, we can see that jumps out immediately from that definition. Direct all efforts towards a clearly defined, decisive, and attainable objective. Everybody, let's say together, one, two, go. Direct all efforts towards a clearly defined, decisive, and attainable objective. Again, direct all efforts towards a clearly defined, decisive, so we're going to spend some time on those three things and we'll be done. We'll start with attainable because I want to end with clearly defined. Don't shoot for something that is not attainable. Don't waste your time and resources. And you say, but Pastor, we, we are supposed to believe God for the Big things and things that are not attainable. I understand that. That your vision must actually make provision for things that you need help from above to attain. So I say, always make allowance for the First Corinthians two nine vision in your vision. You know the First Corinthians two nine. What eyes have not seen, what ears have not heard, and those things always look totally unattainable. So, if your vision does not require a supernatural intervention, your vision is too small. If your vision does not require a supernatural intervention, your vision is too small. What's the vision for that organization you are leading? What's the vision for that business? What's the vision for that family? If it doesn't require a supernatural intervention, guess what? It is what? Too small. Too small. So, however, when you define an objective, it is important that it is attainable. So don't waste your time and resources on non-attainable objectives. Okay, let me give you an example so that, I mean, this just comes home, you know, quickly to everybody. Um, you, you say, that, oh, pastor, this year, 2015, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to 
everybody these days wants to lose some weight. In fact, I saw a lady, I'm like, she, 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 she looks so trim to me. She said, oh, Pastor, I need to lose some weight. I'm saying, where are you going to lose it from? Is it from your hair or from your toes? <laughs> I would get so obsessed about losing weight, losing weight, losing weight. You are okay. Ah. You're welcome, Ojare. But you see, some people, they really want to lose weight. And if you really want to lose weight, it's fine. I'm not judging you for what to lose weight. It's fine. I'm just saying. Someone says, oh, Pastor, I want to lose 20 kg in two weeks. If you lose 20 kg in two weeks, I will be worried. If I will begin to pray for you. It's unhealthy. In most cases, it's unattainable. You put yourself under unnecessary pressure. You feel like a failure. You feel, oh, I can't do this. I can't. Why? Because you are setting goals that are unrealistic. So if you say, I want to lose 20 kg in... When is a good time to lose 20 kg? Six months? Two months? Twelve months? Six? Guys, guys, guys. You can lose 20 kg in three months. That is a tough goal, but it's attainable. Pastor, how do you know? Simple. When we fast. (laughs) When we fast for 21 days, the last fast for 21 days, I lost close to 10 kg. If we pushed it to 30 days, I would have lost 10 kg. Fasting. And guess what? I've not gotten it back by 10 kg, which I'm happy. <laughs> you know? I've gotten five back. The point is this. If I can lose 10 kg in one month, I can lose 30 kg twenty in three months if I'm not aggressive, right? That's attainable. Hey, so Pastor, is it possible? It is possible. It's possible. Some of us have the potential of retaining weight more than you know, I know. So your own can be a six-month goal to lose 20 kg. But some can be a 12-month goal to lose 20 kg. But go for it. Praise the Lord. Do what? Go for it. Direct all efforts. Everybody say all efforts. So it's attainable. The second is decisive. 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 A decisive objective. There's a world general from Russia, Prussia, Germany called Carl von Clausewitz. A very tongue-twisting name. This guy is a very sound general. He said, pursue one great decisive aim with force and determination. The problem with us is that we pursue different things. They say if you chase three rabbits, how many will you catch? Pursue one decisive aim with force and determination. 
What is that one thing in this area that must be done? Pursue it with vigor. In fact, I was listening to a podcast and, and the podcast host was talking about his acronym for focus and I really like it. Focus, you know how he defined focus? He said, focus is follow one course until success. Follow one course until success. Follow one course until success. Many people, you follow a course, of course you will meet an obstacle. Many people, they are like water. You know, water always finds its level. Water always dodges an obstacle. If water is flowing and there's a rock here, what happens? Follow one course until success. How long do you want to start this and stop this? Start that and stop that. Start that and stop this. Start this and stop this. Start this. And... You are indisciplined. That's what it means. It means that you cannot bear the heat that comes with greatness. Follow one course until success. Take business, for instance. No one succeeds in business by being passive. No business succeeds by being passive. One of the passive activity businesses engaging is cost-cutting. Businesses cut costs, right? No business becomes great just by cutting costs. Cutting costs is putting yourself on the back foot. It's necessary sometimes. It's important you do. If that is your focus as a business leader, that business is not going anywhere. You must cut costs and let the people that want to cut, that need to focus on that, focus on that. You focus on the objective. You are the leader. You are the general. You focus on the objective. Praise the name of the Lord. In fact, there's um, a great guy called Brian Tracy. He, he said this, um, and, and I quote, he says, he says, businesses succeed because of high sales. Businesses fail because of low sales. Everything else is too cheap. Grammar. Even if you are a proprietor, you own a school, you are a saleswoman. You either sell that school or the school goes down. And the only person that can drive that sales is you, the point person. And for your life, you are the general. Joshua 1.8 says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it. How often? Day and night. So that you'll be careful to do. Decisive. All that is written there, then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. So the first one is attainable. It's an attainable goal, an attainable objective. The second one is what? Decisive, a decisive objective. And finally, the third is clear, a clearly defined objective. Clearly defined. Make it clear. Make it simple. 
Make it clear. Make it simple. Clearly defined. If you read Joshua 6, Joshua 6, 2-5, God was clear. Surround it once one day. Surround it once for seven days. After that, on the seventh day, how clear can you get? Strive for clarity. During the World War II, when the U.S. General Eisenhower, General Eisenhower, was giving his instructions. When I read those instructions, they were too clear. What was the instruction? Proceed to London. Occupy Europe. Get rid of the Germans. Take a <laughs> Proceed to London. Occupy Europe. Get rid of the Germans. Clear instructions. Clear instructions. Clear instructions. Now many times we are, because we are not clear, we are busy doing things that are not necessary. The very worst thing you can do, someone said, is to spend your time to do well something that should not be done at all. They are going to mark your exams on algebra. Get to the exam or you see a question on algebra. You say, ah, I know abstract theory of statistics. Then you don't answer the algebra question, then you pour down statistics for the that the visitor will be impressed. Definitely. You've wasted your time on what is not important. The worst thing, the very worst use of time is to do something well that need not be done at all. So, clarity is key. Everyone say clarity. Clarity is key. Seek clarity with all your might. So, how do you get clarity? You get clarity from two sources. Clarity comes from God speaking and from clear thinking. Clarity comes from what? God speaking and from what? Clear thinking. In fact, the, the, the topic of our tribe um, um, on Wednesday service is what? Clear thinking. We are, we are spending some time in ensuring clear thinking. This Wednesday, we are looking at thinking clearly about your finances. If money had been a problem for you before, or you, you worry about what you think about money, or, you're, or you, are, you want to think clearly about money, don't miss Wednesday. Clarity comes from God speaking and clear thinking. So many times, we are asking God to speak. And many times, God will speak. But sometimes, God wants you to think. You must know the difference. So many times, we are asking God to speak, and God is asking you to think. Many times, you are saying, God, speak. Your servant is listening. God says, no, you think. Your God is waiting. 
I, I've shared this example before. I mean, way back before I got married, I was driving in, in Bagada, and, and there was this, there was fuel scarcity. I, I mean, I hate fuel scarcity. I'm sure you too, you hate fuel scarcity also. So there was fuel scarcity, and there was this petrol station that was selling. And I was on the queue, and the queue was moving slowly, but I could see the gate. And there was another petrol station on the other side of the road when you, when you crossed the other side of Bagada. Crossed Express Road and da, da 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 So I was on the queue and I was saying to the Lord, I was saying, Lord, tell me, speak to your boy. Should I stay on this line or should I go to that petrol station? And God did not say anything. I said, oh Lord, your boy is waiting. Speak, Lord. Speak, Lord. And God did not say anything. And I pressed it and pressed it and pressed it and pressed it. And what God said to me shocked me. The Holy Spirit said, use your brain. I was like, use my brain? <laughs> oh, I have a brain. <laughs> so use your brain. So I said, okay, use my brain. Okay, okay. Uh, if I stay here, this petrol station closes early. This queue is not moving fast. Even though I can see the gate, I may not be able to buy fuel. That petrol station closes very late. Even though the queue is long, I will still buy fuel. So I got out of the queue. And I went to that petrol station. And the queue was long, and I bought fuel. I was driving back. The car in front of me was still there, and the gate was locked. Use your brain. Many times you're like, God, speak. God says, no, think. Think. Quit thinking is so powerful. That's why we are focusing on it. This season at our midweek service. So clarity, you know, the, the problem is that a lot of us, we are so consumed with certainty. We want to be certain. But God, you see, clarity is different from certainty. You can be clear without being certain. We worry so much about being certain. You never want to take action until you are certain. If you always wait until you are certain to take action, it will be too late. All you need is clarity, not certainty. Let me give you that simple example. When I, when I got clarity with my thinking and I knew I needed to go to that petrol station, was I certain I was going to buy fuel? No. Was I clear that was what I was supposed to do? Yes. Clarity is one thing. Certainty is another. In fact, uncertainty is a permanent part of life. Many of us, we hate uncertainty. Some of us have learned to grow very comfortable in an uncertain situation. It doesn't bother me. Rather, I strive for clarity. Uncertainty never goes away. It never goes away. While we can afford to be uncertain, we cannot afford to be unclear. 
While we can afford to be uncertain, we cannot afford to be unclear. Everyone that needs clarity today, receive clarity from heaven in Jesus' name. You need clarity of thought. The only thing you can be 100% certain about is the past. It's yesterday. I know, uh, theological crusaders, I know you say that, oh, but pastor, faith, I can be certain of God's word. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. Did the Bible say that faith is the substance, the certainty of things hoped for? I know. And if you read the Bible well, God's word only brings clarity to what? In most cases, how always remains uncertain. Faith is the substance of the things hoped for. What? Clarity about what? How mostly, if not always, remains uncertain. Ask Abraham. Look at the stars in the heaven, so shall your seed be. Did you know how? In fact, it was so uncertain about how he went to impregnate his house girl. Ask Joseph. Oh, you are going to be great. Your brothers are going to bow to you. Did he know how? Did he know he was going to go to prison? He was going to be in the pit? What? He had no clue. Ask David. And I can go on and on and on and on. About that. So, a clear objective eliminates distractions automatically. A clear objective eliminates distractions. It, it, it takes out unnecessary options. You know, I, I love this guy a lot. I mean, I like his work and his thinking and, you know, and all that. Um, it's late now. Steve Jobs. You all know Steve Jobs. A lot of us are holding some of his ideas <laughs> in your hands. And Steve Jobs made this statement. He says, I am actually as proud of the things we haven't done as the things we have done. Innovation, he says, is saying no to a thousand things. <laughs> Amazing. Why? Because he has an objective. You can say no to this, no to that, no to this. And even as a church, there have been a lot of opportunities to go in different directions. And we just say, no. Oh, we should be doing no. Oh, we should be oh, no. Why? Because we have a very clear objective. I said to my colleagues, when they need to make a decision on, on a project or on direction, say to them, if it is not a yes, 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 it's a no. So, if there's something that is before you, should I pursue this project, Pastor? Is it a triple yes? If it's not a triple yes, it's a no. Why? Because if it's not a triple yes, it will be average. Praise the name of the Lord. In fact, something is good. It's not enough. 
And when you say yes to Jesus, you automatically are saying no to Satan. You are automatically saying no to darkness. You are automatically saying no to curses. You are automatically saying no to demons. No to sin. That's a beautiful place to be. When you say yes to God, you are saying no to Satan. You are saying no to oppression. You are saying no to manipulation of the enemy. You are saying no to curses. The Proverbs we read, where there is no prophetic vision, the ESV translation says, the people cast off restraint. The MSG says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. When you see people stumbling and making errors and just doing things upside down, they've lost sight of what God is doing. Let's bow down our hearts as we bow down our heads. The principle of the objective. Clarity comes from God speaking and from clear thinking. I want to pray with you quickly. If you are saying, Pastor, I need to come to Jesus today. I need to say yes to Jesus because I want to automatically eliminate Satan from my life, sin from my life, darkness from my life, curses from my life. You may have been saved before and you're backsliding. You know, you're like, I am so confused. I need clarity with God. I want to pray with you wherever you are seated. You need to come forward. Pastor, that is me. Pray with me wherever you are seated. Put up your hand now over your head quickly. God bless you. Put up your hand. Put up your hand. Well, well, well. Over your head. Over your head. Not on your head. Over your head. God bless you. Put it up. Put it up. Well. That is me. If you are online, instructions are scrolling. Take this step. That is me. Put up the hand and take a card. When you say yes to Jesus, you automatically are saying no to Satan. Let's think about our lives and let's think about areas that are clouded. And let's ask God for clarity. Even right now, Lord, I need clarity in my health. I need clarity in my business. I need clarity in my relationships. I need clarity. I need clarity. I need clarity. I need clarity. I'm, I'm still going to make a call one more time. You need to give your life to Jesus. Or you need to come to Jesus again. That is me. Put up that hand. I will pray together. Quickly over your head. I trust in that hand going up. If it's going up, keep it up. Keep it up. Not on the head. God bless you. In the cry of my heart. The cry of my heart. 